Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, hey. So it is a great pleasure and a humongous privilege for me to stand here this morning to give you the gospel and to just engage with you. So I'm going to do that in some few minutes. <laughs> some few minutes. Maybe one, two, three. At any rate, so it's Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday, we celebrate it every single year. But the reason Palm Sunday is so significant is because of the triumphal entry of Jesus. That is the main focus. And people were looking for this Jesus to come. So what I want you to do, if you can, I'm going to give some scriptural references. And so if you have a pen or you write it down in your phone, be ready to take some of those references so when you go home today or through your week, you can study them for yourself and not just take them for face value. So, in Luke chapter 19, 28 through 38, Jesus is walking with his disciples, coming up to Bethphage. And he says to him, he says, hey man, listen, two of you go into this city. And when you get there, you're going to see a colt tied up to a pole. What I want you to do is take this colt, untie it, and bring it back to me. And if anybody says anything, tell them that the Lord is in need of it, and we will bring it back immediately. Now here's something really important. When Jesus says the Lord, there's a capital T, the, and a capital L, Lord. One of the main things that Jesus was doing is saying when you go there and somebody asks you why you're untying the horse or the colt that's never been ridden, tell them the Messiah wants the colt. He was proclaiming that he was the one to come. And so here's another reference for you. Zechariah 9.9. Zechariah 9.9 says in a paraphrase, O daughter of Zion... Here comes your king, riding in on a colt that has never been ridden before. And he's humble. So rejoice. So they're going to the, to the city that's ahead of them. They walk in, and sure enough, there's the colt tied up to the post, like Jesus said. And I imagine they were thinking, well, man, you know, you know what the penalty for stealing is. We can get our hands cut off. He said, no, man, Jesus said, that's what we need to do. That's not in the scripture, I promise. That's not what they said. So they're untying the colt. And sure enough, somebody comes out, the owner. Hey, what are you doing untying the colt? That's mine, never been ridden before. What are you doing? And they remember, Jesus says, tell them. So it says, the Lord, the Messiah, needs it, and we will bring it back to you immediately. So the owner, knowing the reference to the prophecy in Zechariah 9.9, relinquishes or gives up his colt to them. They go back to Jesus and they put their cloaks on top of the colt and they help Jesus get on the colt. Now, they start going into the city of Jerusalem and they're laying down their cloaks in front of this, in front of this colt and they're laying down palm trees, a humongous reference to a triumphal entry of a king. It's also very significant that he's riding on a colt because the colt signifies a meek and humble king. If he was riding on a horse, it would be a king that was going out for war or coming from it. 
So he comes in on a colt, meek and humble. The synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, record this. And they record it from different perspectives of how the crowd reacts to Jesus coming in. So I'm going to also reference those. So that, again, you can read them today or you can read them throughout the week and study it for yourself. So in Matthew 21, 6 through 11, he references how the king or the crowd is looking at Jesus as the king and prophet. The king like King David and a prophet like Moses who delivered God's people, the Israelites, from the oppression of Egypt and Pharaoh. So that's the king that they're expecting. And then Matthew, or rather Mark, 11, 8 through 10, says the praise for David's returning kingdom, a reestablishment of his kingdom. They've been waiting for a king to come, and they've known the prophecy for a long time, that a king would come that would save them. So to overthrow the Roman government, a king that was caring and loving. So that's the king that another portion of the group is waiting for. And then you have Luke 19, 36 through 40. Luke is really interesting. The crowd is looking for someone to release them or to give them freedom from the religious establishment and oppression. So much so that as Jesus is coming into the city and they're crying out, Hosanna to the highest, Hosanna. The Pharisees come up and they tell Jesus, hey, Jesus, look, man, you got to tell your disciples to shut up. You got to tell them just to shush because we know the implication of Hosanna. We know the implication of you riding in on a colt and we understand that they think that you're really royalty. So no, 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 no. You're shaking up our religious establishment. You're shaking up the Roman government. And these people are going crazy. But Jesus' response is, if they're quiet, then the very rocks will scream out and praise. So there was no denying to them, no, there is no calming this down. They are right to rejoice. Now, all the while that they are right to rejoice... Here's something that I just want to point out. So I have four cards. How many people play cards? Nobody plays cards? (laughs) I know a lot of you play, you know, some poker, some 21 pickups, some spades. Spades is a great game. I love spades, man. So, (laughs) So there was this expectation of the people who are rejoicing for Jesus, who is Hosanna, coming in on a colt, who they are laying their, their cloaks down and these palm leaves down, signifying his royalty. Some expected the king of clubs. Now, the king of clubs signifies a king that comes in with much authority, the king that comes in on the horse, ready to take over, ready to overthrow. That's not the king that comes in. Then, you have the king of spades. The king of spades is like the people's king that bows to the people and what they want. Other resources say that this is most likely a representative of the kingdom of David. But again, that's not the king 
that we're talking about. And then there is the king of diamonds, the one who brings wealth and prosperity to the kingdom, the one who makes everything better for the prosperity reasons of the people. But that is not the king either. Now, we have one more card. And everybody knows what that card is, right? The last card is the king of hearts. Jesus comes in as the king of hearts. He comes in riding on a colt with humility and humble. Riding in knowing that five days or six days from now, he would be crucified. That he would be standing before Pilate who said, now, are you the king of the Jews? Well, you say that it is so. In other words, yes, I am. Well, why don't you just get, you know, get your people and get out of here to save you? He said, listen, my kingdom is not of this world. I am, this is not my kingdom. This isn't, I have another kingdom. And by the way, if this was my kingdom, my servants would be here tossing over temple tables to get me out of this situation. But my kingdom is not of this world. I came as the king of hearts. From every different perspective that the gospel writers give to the group's perspective of what they really wanted from Jesus or from the king that they thought was going to come, Jesus is the Lord, the Messiah, the King of hearts. And then he goes to the crucifix. He dies. He's buried. And he rises as the King of hearts. That is the big takeaway today as we go into the Holy Week. That Jesus is the King of hearts. Thank you so very much for your attention.